haven't watched Andor yet. <laughs> it's very good. Hi there, and welcome to Common Rider AA, the podcast where all three members of this uh, podcast really liked this episode. She, this woman is full of slander. She does not speak for me. This episode was a, it wasn't a train wreck, but it was pretty close. It was, the train was beginning to lean off the rails. Do we, do we think this is like a gender divide? (sighs) I don't think so. I don't think it's a gender issue. I I think it is. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. Adam, why do you hate women? No, if anything, this is, I think women are mistreated in this episode, actually. Yeah, to to be fair, to be fair, Match does in fact say, this is my interpretation of what he said, but he did in fact say, your pussy always gets you in trouble. He could have said anything. What, what, what censorable words, like, a fit in that sentence when referring to that woman? I'd have to look at what, like, the FCC's list of censorable words are. Hmm. The FCC, uh, an organization known to have great jurisdiction in Japan. Well, we're watching, you know, like an English official sub, so I imagine that would be affected by the FCC. Eh, possibly. In any case, everyone, welcome to Common Rider Double A. We're we're a Common Rider recap podcast. My name is Adam. As always, I am joined by uh, I'm Anna, and I, I'm Cassidy. Hi. I still can't get over your pussy. Always gets you in trouble. I'm sorry. It just <laughs> it, it fucking kills me, man. Someday that could be me. Uh, there actually is some inf- interesting information about the production of this episode. Uh, wait, very quickly. Uh, this is episode 23, I'm in Love with Your Intelligence, aired February 16th, 2020. The director was Satoshi Morota, who has directed two episodes before. He directed We the Astronaut Brothers and Their Respective Ends. Which were was the you know the astronaut episode and the episode where Hirobi died, and then it was written by Minato Tuck, uh, Takano, and this is his very first uh, TV episode that he's written for Common Rider, although he wrote extensively for the Common Rider X-Aid movies and video specials. Is Mister Takano uh, perhaps a member of any sort of? Uh... Is he red-pilled, as the youth call it? (laughs) Oh, God, Adam. Adam, how old are you? 31. Okay, that's fair. Adam, you have to tone it down, buddy. Otherwise, I will not survive the episode. Yeah, I... I think this episode came down a little too hard on the side of incels. I don't know. Like, an incel did get blown the fuck up in this episode. But he also won, in in a manner of speaking. Did he? Do you mean, uh, do you mean Match or uh, Teruo, I think, was the uh, big guy? Teruo, yeah. The storming penguin raider. Teruo did not win. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, no. It, it, 
we may have to see what happens in next episode, but Match flat out rejoiced as he died and exploded into a heart as we're getting ahead of ourselves. All according to Keikaku. Man, I love this episode. The more I think about it, the more I realize it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, listen, okay. This it's is good a from a comedic film. angle. Yeah, I think it was solid when it comes to comedy. I, I think it's a perfect film. It's got action, it's got romance, it's got comedy. <laughs> it has a it has a robot asking another robot, what are the actual worst things I can tell a living human being to force a visceral negative reaction? God like Which requires that Ease knows what those things are. And that's really funny. Like, Ease had that on fucking tap. Like, there was a second delay. And it wasn't even a delay of her, you know, contacting, like, the network. Because she her, blue, her ear fin didn't booble. It, like, she had that in her <laughs> booble, you know? Make a noise. Yeah. No, I just think it's a pleasant word. Yay, I'm Shakespeare. But, like, she had that in her personal memory banks. And she was like... Okay, I can trust Match with this incredible power. Oh, let's go ahead and get into it. So, the cold open has Aruto trying to slot in his Progrise keys into the Zero One driver. For whatever reason, Metal Cluster Hopper is continuing to let its influence be felt by rendering the Zero One driver mostly unresponsive to the other keys. All he can use is Metal Cluster Hopper, a key that... Turns him very bad and very angry. But he can use the rest of them like a soundboard. Uh, no, I think I think he was clicking the key itself to make the sound. I guess that's true, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure the, the keys you make the sound and then you tap them to the uh, belt. Suddenly, someone barges into Arto's office with Izu trying to keep them out. It's Chiharu Abe, Sakaki's former fiance from the last two episodes. I hope Sakaki's doing well. I hope he finds love. Yeah, same. She comes in pleading with Aruto to find a Humagear who can matchmake her with a potential hubby. Aruto isn't aware that his company makes Humagears for this purpose, but Izu does her little Google search and confirms that there is one. Match in Musubi. I mean, there are at least two. I also love the way that, like, this whole episode, I think, is just very well-written comedically. Because, like, like our Arto goes, I don't think we have one of those. Izu says, we have one of those. Arto, we have one of those? I don't know. I just, this shit fucking got me. I feel like I'm a baby for the way I'm explaining it, but it's just funny. Yeah, it was, it's a funny episode. I just think it teaches the wrong lessons. No, the lesson is, if you use... An incredible weapon of mass destruction to physically kill people your loved ones like, you can get them for yourself. Sure. I don't think that's the lesson here, actually. I, I'll, I'll give me a minute to formulate what I think the lesson actually is, but I, I don't think there is a lesson in this episode. I think this episode is literally just we need a plot to happen while we continue this metal hopper plot. Let's do a funny thing. I mean, I think the actual message is these very two toxic people should be together so that they aren't with anybody else. <laughs> uh, well, that you're, you're kind of bringing me back around, Anna. 
I mean, actually, I think that the the lesson is just that, like, this very horrible person doesn't does not have many opportunities for love, and they all are kind of bad. Uh, on account of her actual match was Gaia Matsu, the worst human being on the planet. <laughs> I, I, I wish that they got on together because that would mean that Amatsu would finally be off the market. <laughs> it would finally protect every. God, I, I don't think we're going to be able to make it through the summary. I think we're just going to start reciting all the gags. <laughs> Uh, after the OP, we're brought to Fairy Dreaming, which is the matchmaking service that Match works at. Izu provides a quick explanation for how Match does his work as he scans Chiharu's Rise phone and basically goes through her entire internet history. Sure, that's not creepy. Well, I mean, she gave permission for that. Like, she consented to that being done. Arto takes notice of the Corpo Trio and asks why they're there. Fukuzoe claims it's to assess their company's humagears, but Shesta lets it out that Fukuzoe is unmarried, while Yamashita is divorced and they're both trying to take advantage of the matchmaking service. Okay, okay that's a rude way to put it, alright? I, I think matchmaking services are good, and they help people that have difficulty meeting other people. Sure, I, I wasn't trying to say otherwise. Mm, okay, hold on, I'm actually going to push back on that. I think the concept of a matchmaking service is good. I think most matchmaking services kind of are bad and manipulative and are trying to scam you out of your information and money. But to be fair, how many of them are run by AI? I feel like most of them. Does that make it better or worse, though? <laughs> Listen, all I know is I'm lonely. And I wish I had match, match enemy... Hold up, let me look so I can pronounce that name. Machida? Match and Musubi to help me find my one true best match. Uh, by the way, that's a reference to Common Rider Build, where we transform with two trinkets, and if they work together well, it would be a best match. Anywho, uh, after Shesta exposes her friends, uh, Fukuzoe then gets led away by another matchmaker, Himagir. Match finishes his scan of Chiharu's internet history and gives a rather blunt teardown of her romantic preferences. Chiharu at first takes offense to this, but Match tells her that love isn't about pursuing an impossible dream, but about reaching an attainable happiness. And with that, Match says that he has found a suitable partner for Chiharu. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to preface it by saying... Everyone, you know, reacts and experiences traumatic events in their own personal way. But she says, ever since the, uh, ever since the, uh, fraud thing, I haven't, it's been difficult to trust people. And, like, I guess I kind of get it, but it wasn't your boyfriend who did that. Like, he was declared innocent. It was, in fact, the police officer. Also... Am I misremembering, but when she first shows up to talk to Aruto, doesn't she mention, like, oh, I couldn't stop thinking about that lawyer? She said, I couldn't stop thinking about that lawyer. Can you get an amazing Humigear like that to help find me a husband? I think she might just be into Humigear. I liked this episode, but I would love it a million times more if the end result was a Humigear and human marriage. 
We cut to a tea house venue, I think it's a tea house, where Chiharu and Match are waiting to meet Chiharu's prospective partner. Before we move on from the fairy dreamy, I just kind of want to talk about Yamashita and his divorce, because how long has he been divorced? And in the alternate timeline where, you know, humans were almost extinct, had he been divorced by then, or was he still married when the robot apocalypse came? I think he's been divorced for a while. Yeah, he's an older gentleman. I don't think there's ever been a moment in that man's life where he did not have divorced energy. (laughs) But, But to be fair... The, the the turning point was like 15 years ago in universe, right? I don't. So, I'm sorry. My my brain just latches onto things like that, and now I just want to know all about Yamashita's love life. We're at a tea house where there's a meeting going on between Chiharu, uh, Match, and Chiharu's possible partner. Arto and Izu are observing in the next room over as Izu explains that Match's assessment of Chiharu shows that someone who speaks honestly and bluntly to the point of harshness is probably best for her. I forgot all about this part of the episodes. Yeah, that someone walks in, and it is Guy fucking Amatsu. (laughs) A.K.A. the worst human on the planet. (laughs) He's accompanied by Yua... Aruto is shocked, and he asks if Amatsu went to match for help finding a partner, but Amatsu corrects him by saying that he's just registered with a matchmaking service. Aruto offers to chase Amatsu away for Chiharu, but she declines as she stares dreamily at match. This is Amatsu guy. He went to Stanford Business School and got an MBA. At 23 years old, he started Thousand Industries. He is now the president of Zaya Industries Japan. All of his employees enjoy working under him. He is a kind man. Anna, are you reading a script? Did you get that from memory, actually? Yeah. Of course I did. I was making a joke because that's what Aruto says afterwards. I know, I was just impressed that Anna seemed to get it from memory, but... My brain is weird. Your brain is weird. You're you're terrible with names, but amazing with uh, scripts hyping up your boss. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome. Uh, okay, okay, but here's the thing. Given recent real-world events and this specific scene of you having to hype up Guy Amatsu with the fucking most deadpan script is just like... Guy Amatsu is Elon Musk, right? Yes. He's Elon Musk if Elon Musk had a gun. <laughs> he's trying to build the perfect gun, and instead he's built a gun that kicks his own ass. <laughs> but but it's out of boot and everything, and it loops around and goes pow. But his first idea was a gun that takes other people's bullets. He's never had an original idea for Oh my god, life. taking credit for other people. He's, he's taking credit for other people's <laughs> Cassidy, you obstruct gold. Oh my god, thank you, Cassidy. I love you so fucking much. Listen, that's what I'm here for. Oh god. Cassidy's the actual funny one here, folks, if it weren't obvious. So, uh... Both parties take their seats as you will rather 
robotically introduces Amatsu. Amatsu claims that he's eternally 24. He's but 45. Izu, yeah, Izu interrupts him with it, the actual age. Match explains his belief that Chiharu and Amatsu are perfectly balanced by saying that Amatsu is narcissistic, self-assured, and incredibly blunt, while Chiharu is in need of someone who is honest. Uh, uh, by, by the way, Amatsu's actor is my age. Like, he is four days younger than me. Are you secretly 45? No. Uh, Amatsu's actor was born July 24th, 1997. He was 23 years old when he filmed this. He is a 23-year-old playing a 45-year-old pretending to be 24. Amatsu takes offense to what Match just said, and he begins to leave the meeting. However, he's blocked by a new raider. Okay, hold, hold, hold up. Well, <laughs> early on, you know, when, they, when he comes in, Guy says, AI does have some uses. And then when he leaves, he he says, human gears are worthless after all. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, however, as Guy leaves, he is blocked by a new raider, the Storming Penguin. Yua goes to her boss's defense by henching into Valkyrie's rushing cheetah form. She starts fighting the Penguin Raider as Aruto tries to move to back her up, but... Since his only usable progress key is Metal Cluster Hopper, Izu tells him it's too dangerous. The Penguin Raider knocks Valkyrie aside and advances on Match. He smacks Match and severely damages him as Chiharu panics. Valkyrie pulls the Penguin Raider away and Aruto follows. Ignoring Izu's warning, he henchings into Metal Cluster Hopper form and gets taken over by the Ark yet again. And then completely forgets everything about the Penguin Raider and just beats uh, Yua up. And it's just so fucking funny that he's like, there's no choice to defeat the Penguin Raider. I need to use Metal Cluster Hopper. First of all, Yua was doing fine. Like, it was like a regular back and forth and she still had a Lightning Horn to go to. Second of all, he immediately turned on Yua. They're like... There wasn't even a single attack directed at the Penguin Raider. Just one directed at both and then focused on Yua. Okay, okay, okay. But here's how I... I think the Metal Cluster Hopper is basically the same as any given wild animal. Because after hitting both of them with an attack, Yua immediately shoots Aruto afterwards. Leading to a, a focusing on fighting Yua. Yeah. And, and like, it is, it is like filled with malice. So what would be the wor the worst person to attack right now? Eula. Zero One turns his focus to Valkyrie, who goes into lightning hornet form. They have a sort of a one-sided I don't want I don't know if I could call it a beam struggle, but it's a bug struggle. And that's how you know it's double A. Double A. Double a. Yeah, they shoot their hornets and the metal grasshoppers at each other, but Zero One wins. The penguin takes this opportunity to, to run the fuck away. Uh, Zero One begins pounding on Valkyrie, but Vulcan comes to her rescue, having apparently caught wind of the raider activity. I like to think that he just like heard that Gaiamatsu was in the area and just started running, like already transformed. 
Zero One tanks everything that Vulcan throws at him, and he's only stopped by Valkyrie snatching the metal cluster key out from the Zero One driver. This turns Zero One back into Aruto, while Fuwa and you would also dehenshin. Oh, I forgot to mention this, but it, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Rushing Cheeto. I was happy to see it again. Yeah, same. Yua hasn't had a chance to flex her rider muscles, and it's a good thing she got it this time. Yeah, it, I, I always like when we get to see the older forms. In uh, It's kind of funny, in Kiva, there are only really like... There weren't that many forms, but once we got the super form, we only saw it and not the original suit. Because the original suit was a hazard for the suit actor to wear. Right. So they pushed up the schedule of when uh, the when Kiva got the upgraded form and then just kept at it. Uh, Fuo reprimands Arto as Arto apologizes for his inability to control that form. Amatsu walks in and congratulates Arto on a, another delightful display. He kind of throws the metal cluster key over his shoulder as Arto demands to know what he did to the Zero One driver. We then cut to the Ames lockup, where Fua tells Hirobi that Amatsu seems to have plans for the Ark. Hirobi just cryptically tells Fua that Amatsu is underestimating both Humagears and the Ark. I hope that, like, ten Humagears just trip Amatsu guy and start kicking him to death. Also, I, I love that there's, like, technically four factions in the show right now. There's Aruto and uh, Hidden Enterprises. There's Zaya. There's Metsubojinrai.net. And there's Fuo with Ames. Like, I, I don't think it's, like, fully realized as four separate, you know, uh, factions. But I just think it's sort of a neat setup. We move to Hidden Intelligence, the lab specifically, where Match is being repaired. Arto reflects that using Metal Cluster Hopper feels like he's watching someone else and his body using his body to just run wild and go berserk. Izu advises him to refrain from transforming into Zero One until a countermeasure can be found. Which is smart, honestly. Now, something that I kind of like about Arto, like as a not that I think it's a good thing, but I like that he has this character flaws. It seems that he Despite his, you know, belief in, you know, working together with human gears and like other people to like, you know, get a better tomorrow, he still takes literally everything onto himself. He's like, no, I have to transform. I'm the only person that can transform. The only person who can defeat the the threat. Yeah. Yeah, like it if he hadn't transformed, Yule would have beat the ever loving shit out of the incel and honestly the episode would have been over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, matches repair finishes. He comes out of the 3D printer room and tells Arto that the best of match for countering malevolence has to be goodwill. This gives Izu an idea. She suggests finding the data that was used to originally create Metal Cluster Hopper. Arto says that this data is in Zaya's possession, so Izu decides to consult Zaya for a a way forward. But just then, she gets a complaint against Match. In Arto's office, we see an ins- a guy who introduces himself <laughs> as Teru Nikada. Ni- excuse me. Just call him the incel. Oh. Yeah, just 
We see an incel who introduces himself as Teruo Nikaido, excuse me, a childhood friend of Chiharu's. He demands that Match be kept away from Chiharu and even claims that he somehow brainwashed her. There are no human gears with that ability, he says. He goes on to say that she's been visiting Match every day for the past week. We're treated to a quick flashback of Teruo driving Chiharu to Fairy Dreamy. He just voices some misgivings about Chiharu visiting Match, but she's utterly smitten with him. Why can't I find any nice guys anymore? Or is it he's so amazing everyone looks poor in comparison? Listen, she's she's not a good person. No, she is not. Yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to see my perspective on the episode is coming from the uh, assumption that she is semi decent. But the moment she broke up with this guy after he was proven innocent, proved that she is not a good person. <laughs> yeah, and like the way she casually just says, like in the beginning of the episode, eh, marriage just wasn't in the cards for us. To the person she was engaged with until he was framed by a... Uh, like, I feel like if her personality was different, but if she still broke up with him, I would understand. You know, the idea of, like, you know, the trauma of the court case and everything like that. I can understand not feeling ready to, like, be back in that relationship. But the fact that she broke up with him, then charged into a CEO's office and demand he use his company's resources to find her a husband... Like, oh my fucking god. Yeah, she's shallow. I think insane might be the better word for it. Like, her best match is somebody who will verbally abuse her. Like, how fucked is that? Back in the present moment, Match is analyzing Teruo. He claims that Teruo's accusations are basis. This enrages the Ensel, who moves to attack Match. Aruto holds him back, and eventually Teruo storms out. Match then raises the possibility that Teruo is the Penguin Raider. So, um, like, obviously he's the Penguin Raider, but what... Think about how people become raiders. It's that shadowy figure that's, you know, following people around during the uh, workplace competition. And, like, that's when the figure strikes. I... That means that... That figure has been follow, following around Gaiamatsu and found out he got matched on a dating service and then decided, oh, I know the best course of action here. I'm going to break up his potential date. Like, the last remaining Metsubojinrai.net member decided the best use of their resources was to ruin Gaiamatsu's love life. Hey, girl. Evil is petty. I need to think about something. I need your collective help to think about this. So there was who all has been turned into Raiders. Uh, it was the head of the Tachibana flower school. It was the man who wanted to sell people houses, but lost sight of his dream and decided to only make money. And the police officer, the cyber crimes detective. Uh, okay, so my, my theory is is fall, fallen by literally the first person, because I was going to say, I think all the Raiders were Reddit users. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally think it's entirely possible they were all Reddit users. 
And that's how they they follow guys because guys also obviously a Reddit user. He not only has his own uh, Reddit subpage; it's like r slash whatever. That's the format, right? R slash one thousand. No, it's it's r slash Gaiamatsu one thousand. Like he he definitely like is the his own moderator on that uh, subreddit. Match proposes that they. Uh have himself marry Chiharu. And they really found a wedding dress real quick. Oh, yeah. They waste no time. Sorry, I, I do think it's a good choice of words there that Match proposed the proposal plan. Now that's a work of Aruto. They, yeah, they waste no time in getting to it. We cut to a church where Match and Chiharu are to be wed. Well, Wed in quotation marks. The actor Humagir from several episodes ago, Matsuda Enji, makes a return as the officiating priest. I think it's really neat to see him because, uh, if you recall, almost all his acting data was wiped because of that episode. And, you know, like it was like, hey, don't worry, we'll work together to build it back up with uh, the guy who was uh, the star of And Assassin episode whatever featuring that guy's name but uh i think it's cool because it sort of implies that he's been being trained by mr and assassin the only people in attendance are arto izu and teruo he takes issue with all this as arto tries claiming it's all a simulation for the purpose of the matchmaking service he storms out and he produces his raider belt and its accompanying key he kind of just lets out a scream of it incel anguish and leaves. <laughs> I like incel anguish. That's a good one, Adam. Thank you. Chiharu and Match finish exchanging vows, and Chiharu asks if he's going to kiss her. Match declines and says that that'd be going too far for a simulated wedding. Chiharu insists that she loves Match and asks that they get married for real. She's known Match for like a week and a half. Yeah, but she also knew the Sakaki for like a week. I, like I, I think, I think that's just her game. Like she will fall madly in love with a man, like get engaged in a stupidly short amount of time, and then something fucked will happen, and she'll move on to the next because I don't think she's capable of not being engaged or in love. During the trial, they're like, hey, isn't it weird that they got engaged so quickly? I bet that Sakaki is actually a con artist. No, I think she might be the con artist. Match declines the quote-unquote real proposal and tries dissuading her in his usual blunt way, but this just seems to horn her up even more. Going back to Anna's point that she might be the con artist, I think yes, but not knowingly. I think she is, like, Mr. Magooing her way into being a con artist. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, we flash back to Match, asking Izu about the most visceral and offensive thing one could say to a human for the purpose of making Shiharu lose interest. And Izu fucking had it on, like... There was not a single ounce of hesitation in her ability to do so. 
We are then treated to match going on a censored tirade against Chiharu. Your pussy always gets you in trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just... Like, one of the things was your beep always gets you in trouble. And what else could it be except for... <laughs> I'm sorry. Except for Omanko. Chiharu is pretty upset by this, and she slaps Match. And... I kind of thought this was contrived, but against all fucking odds, in my opinion, this this causes Match to connect to the Ark and say the line of humans with malice should go extinct, and he then transforms into a Gairu Magia, the frog one. I, do, I think he did this. I think he purposefully connected with the Ark, because at the very end, when, <laughs> when, when the incel and... Uh, God, uh, and, and Chiharu, like, you know, like, you know, see each other, and he's all destroyed. He's like, best Matt. Like, I think he purposefully got infected by the Ark to give the incel a chance to act like a superhero. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think the fact that he connected so quickly was just an act of comedy. Um, I do think maybe during the fight, and definitely at the end when he does the best match, uh, is his base programming overriding the power of the Ark. Or maybe that tirade was so horrific and full of malice, it, like, tipped him, like, he, it, like, brought him to the edge of be, of connecting with the Ark, and the slap just, like, moved him that one inch over the edge. It, it turns out Izu has within her infinite malice. Yeah, absolutely she does. Are you kidding me? This just goes on my board of like why I think Izu's really good because I she has that kind of language on deck immediately. I absolutely think in that episode where I said she should commit murder, she should have committed murder. <laughs> Wait, did, didn't we decide that she did commit murder and what we saw was just what she told Aruto? Like wasn't that the thing we decided? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember Adam pushing back on my idea of her committing murder. I, I bet that the moment Gaiamatsu appeared, she was like, all right, I need to get this all ready in case Aruto authorizes me to be a verbal assassin. It's all part of her learning about jokes. She learned some really bad ones. She watched a lot of uh, Tosh.0. That's a dirty comedy thing, right? That was more just like, what if Reddit did America's Funniest Home Videos? Uh, in any case, the Penguin Raider jumps in, attacks Match as the Gairu Magia. Arto tries stopping the fight in the worst fucking way possible by going into Metal Cluster form again. Arto absolutely refuses to allow anybody other than himself to solve any problems, even if that causes infinitely more problems. He rather predictably succumbs to the Ark's hatred and attacks both the Penguin and Match. And since Amatsu has nothing better to do with his life than to stalk Aruto, Thouser joins the fray as well. I would have loved it if Amatsu was just in the wedding procession. Like, he was just in the... stands? I'm just gonna say stands. Like, just sitting there watching the wedding. Zero-One ends up thrashing both Match and the Penguin Raider. This forces Teruo out of his transformation as Chihari rushes to his side and... Match calls them the best of match, and he then explodes in a heart-shaped cloud. With fireworks. It did, 
it did make me laugh. It took me a second to realize what happened until I heard the sound effects. It was really funny. Thouser tries spiting Zero One some more, but he gets his ass beat. The episode ends with Thouser giving a monologue about how grasshoppers ravage crops before cannibalizing each other. He claims that such viciousness is in Zero One's true nature, as Arto's consciousness sinks further into the Ark's malice. This episode is just all about just like mood whiplash. Like last episode, we had the horrific introduction of Metal Cluster Hopper. Then we moved on to the Gaiamatsu Chiharu like blind date thing. Then Metal Cluster Hopper again. Then fake wedding. And then Metal Cluster Hopper. It's like, hey, here, ha- here have some of the funniest shit you will ever see. Also, now here's Metal Cluster Hopper. So, Adam, have we managed to change your opinion of the episode? Yeah, I. I came at it a little too generous to Chiharu, and I still don't like that the incel basically got rewarded at the end, but coming at it from the perspective that Chiharu is also a terrible person, yeah, I'm going to have to up my rating a bit. I am also, believe it or not, I am willing to give, um, what would we say his name was, Taru, Toru, Teruo. I'm willing to give him slightly more benefit of the doubt because we've only seen him in the show after he's become a raider. And I feel like being given access to that kind of power has in some ways fucked up basically everyone we've seen who's had it. Wait, hold up. Don't you need a Zaya spec to turn into a raider? Yeah, going off of your earlier interpretation that a Zaya spec causes like uh, anxiety spirals. I, I, I don't know. If no, no. Like, he, how did he get a Zaya spec? They're not on the market yet. He, he, he doesn't have a Zaya spec. He just has a raider belt. I thought you needed a Zaya spec to turn into a raider, but in the and I was thinking about the episode with the police officer, the last two episodes where he stole the Zaya spec, but that was just to plant evidence because he's a cop, not because he needed it to transform. Sorry, my brain went dumb for a second. Like, I don't think he was a good person before that, but I think he is significantly worse because of having been given that belt. Well, we're moving on to Rider of the Week. This is the aspect of the production or the character that we felt had the best showing for the episode. And I'm giving mine to Yua. She, I, and I enjoyed how robotic and unenthused she was trying to hype up Guy. That was like her only scene in the episode. <laughs> yeah, and she's also the one who behaved in a pretty rational manner all throughout. Her and Fuwa, that is. But I did also enjoy how she held back a laugh as Match kind of tore down Amatsu. Uh, Cassidy, how about you? Oh, we're just going to skip over Anna, huh? Oh, I'll go after you. Okay. I'm torn between... Either Ease or Match. One of the two of them. Uh, I'm going to choose Match, so maybe you can choose Ease. I don't want to just do it because of that. I feel like I choose Ease a lot. I'll pick Match this time. Ease did have like some good lines, but I feel like Match was like, he's on the ball, you know? He was doing his job. He was pulling strings. He was being incredibly rude to Gaia Matsu, the worst human on the planet. So <laughs> I'll give it to him, yeah. Do we want to revive Monster of the Week for this episode with just a lot of toxic human beings in it? <laughs> uh, 
only if we call it Gaiamatsu of the Week. Okay, who's our Gaiamatsu of the Week? Uh, I'm giving it to the woman whose name I don't remember. Uh, Chiharu. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna choose uh, Gaiamatsu. Adam, who's your Gaiamatsu of the week? Eh, Teruo. <laughs> uh, but by the way, like something I want to sort of bring up before we get deeper into our uh, bits is that I do like that. Uh, you know, no, no, this is something that can go in episode ratings. So, Tarot Corner? Sure. I think I have a good one this time. Uh, I am tattooing the Four of Pentacles onto Teruo's ass. <laughs> I'm just taking that needle, bringing it up to his left cheek, and voila, it's a work of art. It's a work of art, yeah. so please. A, of course. How could I forget? Uh in the words of SybilTarot.com, the Four of Tentacles... The Four of Pentacles... No, the Four of the, Tentacles. Okay. <laughs> it's the card of insecurity, jealousy, and possessiveness. This card depicts a man clutching many pentacles or coins. He's, he's, just, cl- he's just clutching all the tentacles close to his body. Wait, are you, are you telling me that this is the pentacles version of the... Coming home with a shit ton of swords. Oh no, I bought too many swords. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's clutching them to his body in the illustration. His arms and feet are locked def- defensively in a closed stance. He acts as if he believes that someone is going to rob him at any second. The Four of Tentacles reminds us that when we have our guard up to the point of paranoia and jealousy, we deprive ourselves of the ability to give and receive love and emotional support. The Four of Pentacles is a reminder that love should be freely given and that possessiveness can destroy relationships. I'm so glad you used tentacles. (laughs) Uh, Now I believe Cassidy has something she would like to say. Here we go. Progrise! Spinning Cyclone, Storming Penguin. The winds are at his command. I didn't mention it, but Storming Penguin had like a aerokinetic abilities. Uh, but anyway, we're moving on to episode ratings. This is a rating of from one to ten, with five being the average. Nine. Oh wow. I'm sorry, but your pussy gets you. you your pussy gets you in trouble. Just fucking. I can't stop thinking about that. This is the 10th time I've mentioned it, and it is no longer funny to our viewers. Yeah, uh, I was originally going to give it a 3, but come around a bit, so I'm going to bump that up to a 4.7. Wow, that is not very much. <laughs> uh, I, it was a decent comedic episode. There were a lot of funny moments, I, I didn't care for Arto grasping the idiot ball and continuing to use Metal Cluster Hopper. I mean, is, is that him grasping the idiot ball? Or are we seeing, like, his negative character traits, which were previously hidden because whenever he, you know, abided by them, it would, it would always work out for him. Eh, why not both? I mean, think about it. He, he oftentimes, like, when he sees a fight going on that... Like, he doesn't need to get in because it's well underway. He will transform and butt into it. Like, when it's a bad idea for him to do things, he'll still do it because he believes he is the one that needs to do them. 
the only one that can defeat you is me. I do like how it's sort of a subversion of the of what would normally be a badass sort of sentiment, but here it's just working against him. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's a flaw of his, and I'm very much looking forward to how that flaw gets resolved or expanded. Uh, Cassie, what's your rating? Um, I'll give it like a 7 out of 10. I thought it was good. I don't think it was like the best episode of the series. I think it was just good. I, I think without your pussy always gets you in trouble, I would also give it a 7. But I just can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's not funny to me anymore, but I can't stop laughing. I, it's funny when he, when uh, Match says it because he's censored with a little picture of Izu space over an X that just covers his mouth and it's it's adorable yeah okay so what do you think next episode will be because it fe- it feels like a lot of the you know plot of this episode with like this is this episode's like a B plot was resolved with a match what do you think the next episode will be it may be back to the workplace competition. I don't think it's going to be back to the workplace competition until after we've resolved Metal Cluster Hopper. I think we're getting like a small reprieve from it. So I bet next episode is going... Well, one, it's going to start with the resolution of this fight. Um, and then I think it's going to... Maybe even just consist of Aruto going on a rampage until... Like ease and the Ames crew, I guess, like come in with like a little adjustment, and it's like powered on goodwill or whatever. But yeah, with that, it's time that we move on to plugs. Uh, Cassie, what do you do on the internet? I believe you launched a new thing recently. Yeah, primarily I'm on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M A D L O B O T A N I S T. Um, I'm also on co-host, also known as Chost, uh, at Lobotnus. It's the same as my Twitter handle without the first three letters. Um, the podcast that I started at the beginning of the year and that I'm going to continue plugging because it is still new and good is Some Place to Be, which you can find on Twitter at Some Place to Be Pod. Or no, not even Pod. It's just at Some Place to Be. Um, yeah, you should go listen to it. It's an actual play podcast. Uh, first season is going to be using a system known as We Used to Be Friends. And I think it's good. Um, and then recently I did make a submission for the week-long Gex Jam 2023 hashtag Gex Week. Um, I made a playbook for interstitial based around Gex. And the gecko? Yeah, the gecko. The famous gecko. It's a pretty well-made one. I got to see it. Yeah. Um, I also accidentally learned while doing this that Gex and Scrooge McDuck are basically the same character. Please explain. Um, my explanation is that I made a playbook based around Gex, and then I looked at it and I realized, this applies to Scrooge McDuck also. Well, well... Okay, I guess we'll leave that to people who read the playbook. Yeah, it's free. It's on itch. Go check it out. The The name of the playbook is called The Enthusiast. Awesome. Uh, as for this podcast, 
You can find us on Twitter at double underscore common. Anna, is there anything you'd like the people to know about? Uh, Yes. I would like to plug the actual play podcast, uh, Rustage's D&D, One Piece D&D. It's a fun little uh, D&D campaign set in the One Piece universe. And it has great characters like Little Timmy, Big Timmy, Bigger than Little Timmy, but littler than Big Timmy, and Little Timmy's grandfather, the biggest Timmy. I'm sure they are very lovable and memorable. Uh, But with that, it's time to hench Sheen out of here. Cho! Hen! Sheen!